Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Under God and together we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Well, hi, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome again to Praying for America. We are going to continue reflecting on the dangers facing our nation, the tyranny, uh, the threat of tyranny and the actual tyranny imposed by the Democrat Party, which we have to vote out of office in these upcoming elections. So welcome and thank you for joining us as we look at these matters through the light of the Word of God as we continue to pray uh, for Israel and for peace as we continue to commit ourselves as Christian patriots to the restoration of this nation. And we always welcome those who join us from other parts of the world. We appreciate your solidarity with America. Let's uh, go to the Word of God here as we always do. I want to read Psalm 130. I want to pray this psalm with you. Uh, It is a psalm asking for the Lord's help when one is in distress and we can apply our intention here for what has been happening in the Middle East but also uh, what is happening uh, here in America. Let us uh, put ourselves in the presence of the Lord. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my voice in supplication. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who can stand? But with you is found forgiveness. For this we revere you. Let Israel wait for the Lord. For with the Lord is kindness, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all their iniquities. Let us pray. Father, we do cry out to you from the depths. We know that we are sinners, and we know that we are also under severe attack from enemies, spiritual and physical. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel for their protection, for their peace, for their security. Lord God, we pray for the security of people throughout the world, from terrorists who care nothing for human life, who know only the language of slaughter and death. Lord God, we pray that we will be wise to choose leaders who will know how to counteract these enemies, who will not be naive and who will certainly not be complicit in the evil being launched against Israel and against America. Keep us safe, Lord God. Keep us safe in your word and in your spirit. And may we always exercise the confidence in you that our founders exhibited and witnessed to. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, I've been uh, commenting. I want to continue to comment on uh, this book by Mark Levin, The Democrat Party Hates America, because 
I'm convinced that that particular message, and that's not just a title, it's a, it's a truth that is verified in 400 pages here of documented facts, is key to winning these elections. We have got to educate ourselves and our fellow citizens that this is true, so that if we love America, we're going to vote against this Democrat Party. That, that, that's how things have crystallized in American political life. It didn't have to be that way. It's certainly legitimate to have two major political parties, and ideally you have two or more parties that, of course, we have a lot of minor parties in the, in the United States, minor in terms of their following, but certainly legitimate under our, our system of government to have multiple parties that ultimately have the same principles at heart. I mean, if they're American, they're going to embrace American principles, uh, and uh, that's the way it's, it's supposed to be in theory. And you work together for the same goal, but you have different way, ideas about how to get there. But that's not what we're dealing with in America today, as we've said multiple times. We're talking about people that have completely different goals, and do not have our best interests at heart, and do not mean well, but want to destroy the things we believe in, destroy the values we cherish, destroy the country we know, destroy the freedom we enjoy. And this is where it, it takes a major mental shift, especially if somebody has grown up as a Democrat or been told by their, by their unions or by their church even or by other organizations that they belong to or by their family and other people they respect, that voting the Democrat way is the right way. And these people have paid no attention to what the party really stands for. And Mark doesn't say in this book that this is just a, a recent development. He traces the fact that the Democrat Party has always acted contrary to the, the fundamental principles of America. And again, he lays this out in great detail. I want to focus in on... Um, what he um, reveals in chapter one here of this book, let me uh, remind you of the, the chapters that are in here. The first chapter talks about the fact that the Democrat Party is authoritarian. They want control. We're going to uh, open that up here a little bit. started talking about it in a previous program. The next two chapters have to do with racism Fourth chapter, language and thought control. Uh, the fifth chapter, war on the American citizen. Chapter six, war on the nuclear family. We've already unpacked that particular chapter. Then the war on the Constitution. And then finally, Stalin would be proud, where he goes into these prosecutions that are happening against President Trump. What is the goal of the Democrat Party? Total monopoly control of every aspect of government and of your lives. That's what we've got to get clear here. They want total and permanent control. They don't want a two-party system and a neutral state. They want their party to be the state party. And Mark argues in this book that uh, they are, they, they, they've, they've essentially gotten there, although they have to wrap up a few more things to keep it permanent. And it's important that we understand this distinction. The state is supposed to be neutral. Our Constitution gives the citizens and the individual states 
a lot of leeway. Our Constitution protects the individual against intrusion from the government, hence the Bill of Rights. And the Constitution also provides divided and limited government, different parts of government being overseen by different groups of people elected in different ways at different times on a different timetable. So that you, you the built into that is a safeguard against this whole idea that any one party or any entity or any person should at any time be able to gain full monopoly control over the nation and, and its people. Our Constitution is very, very much in the opposite direction. Individual liberty, liberty of the, of the states, although united as the United States, but the Democrats want something here completely different. They want to get control not only of all three branches of government, the legislative, the executive, and the judicial, the courts, but they want also, as we have seen them constantly doing, garner power and hold on to it in the administrative state. This is like a fourth branch where you've got, you've got presidents who come and go, you've got congresses who come and go, but who's sitting in all those offices of the federal bureaucracy? Carrying out, crafting policies and rules that affect our lives. Carrying out or not carrying out the instructions of the, of the uh, president based on the positions he's campaigned on and for which people voted. You've got bureaucrats throughout the system that are either following through on that or, as we have come to learn better than ever before, sitting there and not following through on it or slow walking things or just doing nothing or, or outright contradicting the policies of the administration. The Democrats control that. And also, of course, the other entities in our culture, the media, academia, business, they want full control over all these things. And when we look at that as a philosophy, then we can understand the reason for their attack on the First Amendment, on the Bill of Rights, on the Second Amendment. Uh, we can understand the reason for their censorship and control of speech. Because think about it. <clears throat> if the state is supposed to be neutral, and any different competing parties are supposed to have the ability to compete and to gain power in lawful and constitutional ways, always respecting the boundaries of that power, well then you've got to have free speech. You've got to have the ability to criticize not only the other party, you've got to have the ability to criticize the state. It's one of the beautiful things about American life, our, our right to uh, express grievances against the government and demand that they be corrected. The Democrats do not want any of this because that would interfere with this goal. If it's autocratic, total control of government and the people, you're not going to want freedom of speech. Nor are you going to want free and fair elections because free and fair elections is exactly how we, the people, take power away 
from the people we don't want to have want to have power. So obviously their attack on elections is going to be essential to serve this autocratic goal. What's also going to be essential? Control of education. Because if America was founded in such a way that people are to be free from government interference, that there are mechanisms in our government to protect us against that, and free always to shift the balance of power, then you're going to want to start erasing that understanding of our country. Why do you think the Democrats are always pushing for re-education of students in the very meaning of America? Well, it's because when you understand the meaning of America, you see that you cannot have a state party. That's communist, that's Marxist. You've got to have this freedom where you have competing parties, competing ideas, people being able to advance those ideas through free speech and free and fair elections. Let's go into this in a little more detail and see some of the things that are brought out in the first chapter of this book. You want to have total control and monopolization of government, you got to get rid of free and fair elections. Now you can't just come right out and say say we're abolishing elections. People would object to that very severely and immediately. What you've got to do is do it in a stealth way, and uh, therefore the book reminds us here of H.R. 1. Uh, In 2021, the Democrats introduced uh, this very dangerous bill. We just had had the elections of 2020. And a lot of things went wrong in a lot of states where election laws that are supposed to be set by the by the state legislatures were interfered with. And election officials, secretaries of state, and, 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 and others uh, apart from the state legislature, with the intervention of some courts as well, started to tamper with the rules that preserve the security of elections, requirements, for example, that ballots be processed by a certain deadline. You had people extending the deadline as requirements for uh, signature verification or voter ID, people being told to disregard these particular laws. But the law is the law. The elections are supposed to be conducted according to what the state legislature puts in place. The Constitution itself says that. The point is, the things that worked so well for the Democrats in the 2020 election by the tampering with these various security measures were now being proposed by the Democrats as federal law. In other words, without, again, explicitly trying to amend the Constitution and take away the provision that the state legislatures determine how elections are carried out in that state, what the Democrats did with this bill, H.R. 1, it was called the For the People Act. We'll see in a moment how uh, utterly opposite it is to what the name says. They tried to federalize and micromanage the elections. Federalize and micromanage. Take what worked for them in certain states in 2020 to gain advantage unconstitutionally and make that now the norm for the whole country. Loosen 
and erode various security measures and um, make it harder or impossible for the states to verify the eligibility of voters, identify who they are, voter ID, accuracy of the of the voter registration rolls in that particular state, and the overall, again, integrity and fairness and security of the elections, this bill was was uh, filled with measures that would uh, that would counteract all those efforts and make it impossible for the states to do that. Why in the world would you want to do this? Just think about it. Take a step back and say, you know, voter voter ID. Well, why would you not want to verify? by means of some personal identification, that a voter actually is who they say they are, that it's just one vote that they're going to cast, that they truly are alive, that they truly are a citizen. Why in the world would you not want that? If it weren't for the purpose of cheating your way into power. Again, keep in mind the overall goal of the Democrat Party. They're not interested in freedom. They're not interested in your rights. They're not interested in having a a fair debate or a fair contest in the United States, whether it's a contest of ideas expressed through free speech or a contest of of, uh, uh, who's going to govern by free and fair elections. No, they want just autocratic control of everything. Hence, the For the People Act of 2021, which would be more accurately titled For the Politicians Act or For the Party Act. Let's get the party into power no matter what. That is something that was defeated, but brothers and sisters, it was defeated but not abandoned. What you see in H.R. 1, if you go and look up and study the actual provisions of that bill, you will be seeing into the mindset of the Democrat Party when it comes to elections. Don't think that they have abandoned that. They'll continue to pursue that on the state and federal level. All right. So you can't have free and fair elections if you want total monopoly control of government, permanent control. Neither can you have free speech. Now, all of us have heard a lot and said a lot about the, the stifling of dissent by the, um, by the Democrats, by the left-wing uh, mob. And you have here in the book, uh, for example, uh, let me just read a little bit here about the, the Twitter files. Elon Musk, of course, uh, took over uh, Twitter, renamed it X. But the, uh, there was the expose of the Twitter files, this uh, large, large amount of emails and texts exchanged between uh, Twitter executives showing communication with the federal government to stifle certain kinds of speech. The files, we read in the book here, show <clears throat> the FBI acting as doorman to a vast program of social media surveillance and censorship encompassing agencies across the federal government, from the State Department to the Pentagon to the CIA. In fact, the Twitter files contain multitudes, but for the sake of brevity, let us consider the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now, had that not been suppressed, 
significant number of voters say they would have voted differently. They wouldn't have voted for Biden. The suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The suspension of President Trump from these platforms. The deputization of Twitter by the FBI. I mean, government actually telling these social media companies, don't give attention to that story. Take down these, these tweets from this account. Uh, uh, don't give attention to that other, that other message. Together, these stories reveal not just the social media company willing to do the bidding of an out-of-control federal bureaucracy, but a federal bureaucracy openly hostile to the First Amendment. Again, you ask, why? Because the First Amendment is there precisely so that people, in a free exchange of ideas, can criticize those in power if they feel it necessary to do, if they feel that that's, that's what, they, what, they, what they think. They have the freedom to think that some that people in power are wrong about certain things, the freedom to express it, and in expressing it, to persuade other citizens to exercise those free and fair elections to get those people out of power. Of course they have to stifle dissent. So controlling elections, stifling dissent, counteracting the First Amendment. And then third, a third uh, 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 aspect of this comes across in chapter one of the book here. And uh, again, it helps us understand what we already see happening. And that is to rewrite history. Again, as I mentioned earlier, and let's go into uh, this in a little bit more uh, detail, America stands for freedom, and our whole history portrays that. The history of great leaders doing those things, starting with the very founding and, and framing of our Constitution, and then its defense over the course of these almost uh, 250 years, we have a country where we understand that we were founded on a declaration of independence from tyranny. We were founded on a declaration of independence from the very thing that the Democrat Party is now pursuing with all its heart and mind, that is total autocratic control. That's why if they want to achieve it, they've got to soften up the population. You can't just come in and take over. You have got to get people dissatisfied with the system they have now, including by, by obscuring their understanding of what that system is, so that they will not be resistant to change. Why do you think these people are always trying to trash our institutions, trash our history, pull down monuments of our founders. Why would they do On the surface, it's so absurd, right? It doesn't make any sense. But if you think of it in this context of what the Democrats are trying to do, we want absolute power. The American system is built to resist that. Therefore, we've got to redefine in the minds of the people, lest they object to our grabbing of power, we've got to redefine in the minds of the people what this American system is and make them discontent with it. Stoke division. Rewrite history. Topple down those monuments because those people were evil racists. We need something new. You see how it works?
We need something new. Topple down those statues. Tell our kids in, in history class that America was founded on racism. So this is the so-called 1619 project that we've all heard so much about and that President Trump firmly came against by instituting, and he will go back to in a second term, patriotic education. It's no 1619 project. The country wasn't founded in 1619. It wasn't founded on slavery. In fact, it was founded on the very principle that brings an end to slavery, if we are faithful to that principle of the equality of every human being under God-given rights. So you rewrite the history because you've got to make people discontent with the way things are now so that then the Democrat Party can swoop in and, and change those things and not get so much resistance from people in the process, people who love freedom. You've got to change their concept of freedom, their idea of it. You've got to obscure their understanding of the real history of the country and change their understanding of the country. So brothers and sisters, this is what we are facing. The Democrat Party hates America because America stands for the freedom that interferes with their monopoly control. That's how this book starts. And then it goes into so many other Aspects of the war of the Democrat Party on America. We've already unpacked the war on the nuclear family. We are going to continue in upcoming programs with uh, the other topics in these chapters, such as the war on, on language and, and uh, uh, the use of thought control, the war on the Constitution, and much more. Hope you've got your copy of the book. Hope you're reading through it with us. And now... Let's take these matters to prayer. Father, in the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. You have taught us, Lord God, that freedom is your goal for us. Your Son, Jesus Christ, said that if we are His disciples, we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. What is He talking about? Lord God, you have made us according to your word, and in your plan of salvation, you have called each of us to be your children, to share your divine nature. You made us in your image and likeness, and that includes having the gift of freedom within ourselves, the freedom to choose what is good, to resist what is evil, the terrifying capacity to choose also what is evil. But you call us to the good. You call us to choose life. And therefore, Lord God, the freedom to worship you in our public life and to establish governments here on earth to secure those rights, secure that freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You want us, Lord God, to be free, to choose to follow you, to choose our vocation in life. You want us to be free, to choose if we wish to raise a family, to choose how many children we will raise, to choose whether we want to start a business, to choose how we are to educate our children, 
to choose where we are to live, what we are to do, and how hard we are to work, and what we might want to invent, and what property we might want to own, and what property we might want to buy and sell and trade. All of this is part of freedom. And Lord God, your son has said that the truth will set us free. The truth about who we are. Because if we are your sons and daughters, if we share your divine nature, then no other human being can own or manipulate us or silence our voice. One cannot silence the word of God. One cannot silence the Lord of the nations. And therefore, one cannot silence his children. And that, Lord God, is where our freedom is most secure, in our understanding that we are your sons and daughters, and that therefore our voice matters, and therefore our vote counts, and therefore our free speech and our free vote is sacred. Not only real, but sacred, belonging to you, and part and parcel of our exercising our freedom in you. Therefore, Lord, we pray for the protection of these gifts, and we pray that we may be wise to the goals of the Democrats, that we may be wise to the lust for power that is exercised by this party in our midst. Wake up your people, Lord God, so that we may know how to fight for freedom, and we may do so strongly. And we pray now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, friends, great to be with you. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone, uh, where we can keep in contact and keep encouraging one another at FR Frank Pavone. And we will talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.